Podcast. Oh, that sounds more Philly as I keep doing it. It's like, oh, um, uh, oh, sorry. And you haven't been watching Mary's uh, No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, uh, you're going to um, love it. You're going to love yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, once again, as always, I'm Joe Spellman, and this is Blackjack Mazarone. And this is uh, Jack Black Masserone. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Take your All time. Right. Just take your time All introducing right. yourselves. We're talking season five, of episode two, Rat Pack. Yes, we with are. With our special guest, writer, podcaster, Jordan Morris, everybody. Writer for At Midnight, uh, Earth to Ned, and podcast jordan jesse go did i get all your credits did i get all the all those were involved oh right? that was a great intro oh <laughs> fine oh to you gentlemen oh, he's already hey, better oh, than oh, all three hey, of us oh, at oh. this <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> welcome <laughs> sir yeah all right, cut it be here cut, thank you cut his feet, cut his feet. <laughs> get him out goalies <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome, welcome welcome thanks it's great to be here thank you so much we Jordan, we were at a Memorial Day barbecue. We were uh, myself, Joe, and yourself, and uh, didn't get the invite. We got to talking so. about well, for the best. Uh, <laughs> but we got to talking about Sopranos, and, yeah. and Joe said that you um, revisited the show in the pandemic. Oh, I not revisited. Watched for the first time. Oh, oh even better. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I was. I it was kind of one of those things. I think a lot of people, you know, used the the great indoorsing that uh, we all experienced uh, and yep. kind of still are experiencing to, sure. you know, just like, well, better knock out one of those shows I've been meaning to do or one of those like movie, you know, series I've been meaning to do. And yeah, I did the Sopranos and Deadwood and uh, yeah, loved ah. them both, but, but the Sopranos uh, blew me away. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan now. And like, it's one of those things where it's like people hype it up so much. They hype it right. up so much. And, you know, like people will grab you by the shoulders and shake you when you say you haven't seen The Sopranos. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was prepared to be kind of let down or prepared to be like, okay, I see how this was influential, but I don't know right. if I'm enjoying <laughs> yeah. it. Exactly. Um, right. But yeah, I was just so blown away. And it's, yeah, it's now I would, I would, I would put it amongst my favorite TV shows of all time. That's amazing. Uh, I and, lo and, love hearing that. And where did Deadwood rank? I really liked Deadwood too. Deadwood wasn't wasn't quite as impactful, I didn't think, but like sure. I thought Deadwood was a goddamn blast. It was so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Man, great. those two shows airing at the same time. That's uh oh, that's an incredible. Oh, that must television. have been great. Yeah. I would have if I could go back and do it again, and, I would have and, watched it all over. And John from up. Cincinnati. And John from Cincinnati too. Oh, oh my John, no. love uh, <laughs> Carnival. God. There, there Carnival. you go. Thank you. I was trying to pull some other lesser-known HBO shows. Although I am a big Boardwalk, I'm a big Ed Boardwalk Empire fan. Oh, you gotta be. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, so you, so you watched, so you watched Boardwalk before you watched 
The Sopranos. I did, and I'm like, nothing can live up to Boardwalk. <laughs> nothing <laughs> wow. will ever be as good as Boardwalk. No, I liked Boardwalk a lot, but it's it's yeah. not as great as all that. But it's it's super entertaining. Yeah. That's sure. good. That's good to hear because I always felt that I enjoyed Boardwalk more than most people because I felt like it was a good companion to The Sopranos. Yeah, totally. So I think so too. So that's in- interesting to hear that. Nice. Yeah, and we and we just so happen to be covering the episode where uh, Nucky Thompson, uh, aka Tony Blundetto, uh, yes. is is uh, joining the cast. So, uh, do you guys want to dive right into it? Let's yeah, do it. Sure. Do it. So as we as as Joey said up top, this is Rat Pack season five, episode two, written. Uh, this is the first episode written by Matthew Weiner, uh, creator of Mad Men. Uh, directed by Alan Taylor. Originally aired March fourteenth, two thousand four. Those were the days. Am I right, fellas? Um, oh, baby. Oh, in case baby. anybody uh, does not remember this episode, this is, as I said, the first episode with Tony Blundetto coming into the cast. Uh, this is where Carmine Sr. dies and the power struggle between little Carmine and Johnny Sack ensues. And here we check in on our three current rats that we know of uh, throughout the episode. I think we should... We Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I got it. Joe, I also just got that. <laughs> Are you guys serious? No, you, I was like, I was I like, oh, rat pack because of, of the painting, of the painting in the on. beginning. The rats, dude. It's the rats. Come on. Right. right. It is not always a subtle show. <laughs> no. And sometimes it is. Not. Sometimes it's very subtle. But yes, yes. Right. there's some there's some subtleties this episode we'll discuss, but but I felt like the title was maybe not so much. But hey, look, we're all on different levels. We're you know, uh, but we should we should go by uh, our three rats, and then we'll we'll talk about like the other plots in the episode. And let's start out with uh, oh another another great sitcom, our three rats, our three I, rats. Uh, <laughs> I loved, I watched that on Nick at Night as a kid. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> classic. Uh, Boy, are you a rat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's check in with Jack Masserone, as as Feudy uh, as Feudy called him, Blackjack Masserone. The episode opens on a diner meeting. Um, always taking meetings in these diners, you know. The food is just too mm. good, I guess. But uh, except the pie was a little soggy. The pie, but, pie was uh, a little soggy. But uh, yeah, no, yo, it looks like a great diner. I'd I'd love to go. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it does. It's just like, you know, you know, locations department. Great. You nailed it. That's a great yeah. New Jersey I'm diner a, right there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big diner fan. So like all the like oh, hanging yeah. out in diners at the Sopranos was really fun for me. And yeah, definitely something I couldn't couldn't do during the pandemic. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, <laughs> I love that you're getting your, vicarious your, diner eating your, your vicarious yes. diner uh, uh, fill through the Sopranos. That's that's smart. Uh, so we have this meeting between uh, Tony and and so Jack Masseron is like, we know him. He's been in since season two, on and off. Uh, he's in like involved in the construction at the Esplanade. Like, what is his role? Do you guys like remember what is what is what does he do? <laughs> I mean, he's the like the construction company is in his name. I feel it's like Ma- yeah, he's like it's, the it's yeah. Masaron Construction Company. So he's like he's the citizen like who put like you know supposedly owns the company. Right. Right. Yeah, he's sort of like you know? the go between between like you know getting the getting the actual construction done and like like dick baron Tony like, like dick baron dick baron sanitation yeah, yeah. sure yeah. okay yeah well, yeah so he's yeah, fully exactly. yeah he's fully involved in all this and of course this is why the fbi has pinched him and has put a microphone in his science of museum and trucking hat 
um, which to, which we're not aware of at the top of the episode, but but we learned microphones a have to have gotten smaller since then, right? <laughs> the fact that he has <laughs> yeah, to wear yeah. it in that in that poofy baseball hat, right? And also he he won't even when Tony's like, take off your hat, relax. He like won't even take it off. He's like, right. uh, just started the row game, which trust me is is not a reason to not take off your hat. Like, <laughs> but. Uh, but sure, if if the hat is placed on the table beside Tony's pie, I don't think that's gonna like make much of a difference. But um, yeah, unless he's got the wire running down his back or something <laughs> like that. Seems like which such that would that a, would not, that would not make any sense. The FBI didn't like like think of that possibly happening beforehand. Like fuck, they got this wire running down his collar. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, so he's a little suspicious sitting down. He's obviously trying to coax Tony into. Uh, talking about um, Zellman, um, Assemblyman Ronald Zellman, who, uh, who influ- has some influence with like the Esplanade project and everything else. Um, he gives Tony this Rat Pack painting. Um, you know, when somebody comes bearing gifts, you're always, you always gotta be a little suspicious. And then he starts talking about how he hates his mother. Um, do you guys uh, think yeah. this you was- got, you, got, you got one of those. Yeah, Tony one of those, says. right? Like. Uh, I know I know where she is now. I'm pretty sure it's pretty fucking hot or whatever he says. Like, do you guys think this was partially strategy on Massarone's part? Uh, because he had maybe heard the rumors about Tony's mother compliment complications from like season one and shit, or what? Yeah, or coached, or he's coached, or he's coached by the FBI. Yeah, um, they I think the they FBI knows kind of about his mom too. Yeah, the FBI is very aware that um his mother yeah, they, tried to have him tickets. whacked. So <laughs> Also, yeah. also the like that, the props department did such a fucking good job with that painting, and then Tony saying, "Oh, I don't like. I usually don't like modern art." Is <laughs> the <laughs> like it's just a fucking huge laugh, and it's yeah, oh, the yeah. cheesiest painting that would be like <laughs> in a you know Marriott in Reno. It is just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's the, the the gift shop. Yeah, the costumes and the props on this show are fucking outstanding and this yes. is like a great example of it like just fucking destroying it's so good yeah i want i wonder if they actually went and had that like painting like originally commissioned for this episode i mean the must have right or or maybe yeah, i mean i think you are just like somebody trolling like you know goodwills <laughs> in tampa you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um gonna tampa, it's possible but... hey that's why we gotta get zansky on my uh my father's cousin jordan he was uh like one of the head, like, uh, sort of artists on the show. Uh, yeah. in, wow. In, well, in like various departments, but you know, he and my dad haven't talked in years, and uh, you know, starting it's very Sopranos to start out a sentence. My father's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. But uh, hey, that could be a Zansky original, bro. You oh, never man. know. It might Dude, be. It's never like, know. He did a great job. Then I would hang that in a prominent place I, if I knew I that think was. You, I think you gotta reach out, Dave. You gotta like, you know, for for put away all family like uh, uh, whatever sorry. drama, and you know, you for the good of the pod. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like the the drama around the lumber company in uh, 1945. I don't know. It might be uh, might be too much still. <laughs> Might be too much though. It might be a, a like a three episode run on our podcast here. We got to unpack that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, my, yeah, Zansky, you don't mind if we interview you for three hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to uh, stretch this out. Anyway, so back to off Zansky, <laughs> back to Massarone, Blackjack. Um, so later in the episode, Tony's informed by Patsy that uh, 
that, you know, they ran some plates of a car sitting outside the diner that night. They, uh, they came back uh, with nothing, which means they're the feds, whatever that is. Um, so Tony arranges a meeting to go meet with Massarone. Um, I love that he's like, hey, you know, trying to hug him and feel his chest, just like we saw him do with like Puss back in the day. Uh, you know, EKG and shit, you're all good. Um, that's his like tactic to go find out if Masarone is a rat. Um, then he starts asking him like, you weren't followed here. Were you like all this like suspicious stuff? Also the scene, the scene before he's like bragging to Syl and Pauly about like, right. Oh yeah. Like runs in the family. Like we've got, we have the radar, like, you I know, know Johnny know Boyle acts. Like, yeah, yeah the <laughs> ultimate. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a great little moment, too, when he tells Tony, he's like, have you lost weight? And we yes. see that throw him. It's right. really yeah. great. And kind of like where he is in the episode, he's like self-conscious, like there's the separation happening. There's like, his later... cousin is like making remarks about his weight. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. such a fun little yeah. just like chink in the armor. Like right. every time you see like tony like take a step back it's really great and it's really great to like see what causes that yeah yeah and and to have like some of his own insecurities play into like the plot of the rat of the episode. totally like, yeah it's that's, great that's classic sopranos um but if you're if you're Massarone in this scene and tony comes around asking you sure you weren't followed like wouldn't this tip you off a little bit that tony might suspect something sure like yeah. I would be out of town the next fucking day. I know the fact that people don't go out of town more in this show is just wild. leave town. There's so many other towns. Go <laughs> go to them. Yeah, a lot of people in New Jersey, though, you know, they don't they don't like to go anywhere but Jersey. They just love Jersey. Yeah. So I mean, great Jersey diners. strong. They say. Do they say that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They say Jersey strong, Long Island strong, Boston strong. strong. I mean, all those East yeah. Coast places um, that have all um, the strong distinct, places. Uh, uh, people who live there yeah. um so also at a great place that the uh, stewart's um which uh is very delicious oh is that where, where they were and hamburger stand yeah that's where they were uh, the second time they met um it's like an a and w yeah they classic a and w's like, and stewart's in new jersey all over the place they're they're great always yeah. fitting in the the jersey landmarks yeah um but of course back at the bing tony's like i couldn't tell shit <laughs> what the fuck yeah. am i um, but then, you know, as we discussed, he, by asking if he lost weight, uh, Masseron sealed his fate. Um, and this is how Tony determines that yes, Masseron is a, is a rat who's buttering him up, bringing him modern art, uh, commenting on his appearance. Um, and so the issue becomes like, how are we going to deal with him? Chris floats the idea that, you know, Tony B might be the one who needs some cash. Um, and Tony screams at him like, you know, don't you give a fuck about your cousin? Um, and we haven't talked about it yet, but, but do you think in this moment, Tony is sort of uh, yelling at himself too? Uh, Cause he's conflicted about what to do with his own cousin. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I think, yeah. yeah, you're right often Tony's uh, issues manifest in ways that where he's just yelling at other people when he's really fucking yelling at himself. Right. So um, Tony gets wasted, ultimately determines he's going to fucking kill this guy. He throws the painting off the Pulaski skyway. Um, do you think he did that because there was a mic in it or he thought there was, there was yeah, possibly a mic in it. 
could have could have or just he didn't you know he didn't want you know he's so emotional yeah. he doesn't yeah, so yeah but i mean there's there's painting. like a there's plenty of dumpsters around in jersey you can just like <laughs> dude's dramatic him. dude has a flair for the dramatic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah true yeah let me just stop on the middle of this uh, fucking like it's essentially like a highway uh like you know you can't really stop on that bridge <laughs> i mean maybe late at night yeah. but yeah um let me just stop here and throw a fucking <laughs> Someone's going to notice that. <laughs> a little dramatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as we know, the next morning, uh, we know what happens. Mastron is found dead in the trunk of his car. Uh, it's got and... like his golf stuff shoved in his mouth, right? Like his golf club cover or something like yeah, that? That's anyway, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, because typically, you know, you stuff a rat in the rat's mouth, as is tradition. Oh, um, interesting. And this time he stuffed like a golf club in the guy's mouth, I guess. Just because we've seen Masseron in some golfing scenes, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, maybe it was in his trunk or something. whatever was handy. I mean, they got to catch those rats, right? I mean, that's got to be tricky. Yeah, right. So. Of like, okay, we got to kill this guy. Well, we can't kill him tonight. I haven't caught a rat yet. Set some so. traps around the bang, <laughs> out by the dumpster. Caught a mouse. Does that work? Does it send the same <laughs> right. message? Just go to the pet store, buy a rat. <laughs> Yeah, but Tony, you know we get attached to the rats when we get them from the pet store. It's different, a pet rat. (laughs) That would be a great episode. (laughs) Tony, we tried the mouse. It's not filling his whole mouth up. We know Tony's like an animal guy too. He's exactly he loves these. So maybe he's like, we can't do this with the rats anymore. We got to get a fake rat or just do a golf club cover. I just bought that rat a wheel for his cage. He symbolizes my family. My family is slipping away from me. <laughs> it's not always a subtle show. <laughs> um, cool. So that that sums up Massarone. Uh, let's get a little into Adriana here. Um, as we know, she's been a rat for the previous entire season, basically since the end of um, or the beginning of season four. She's still yeah. meeting with Agent San Severino. Uh, she shows her a picture of uh, Joseph Joey Kogo, some guy who was murdered. Um, and when Aid confirms that uh, she recognizes the person who was with him, the Fed gets out of the car, speeds off, and she seems to be, um, you know, a little surprised and shocked by, you know, you know, because of what I said. You know, she she's not a person who's used to being able to influence anything in the world basically she's just like always being influenced and and having other people's uh wants and needs put first um then we get to this scene with her and her friend tina at the club with christopher and little polly couple uh high profile dates yeah you guys recognize tina do you know what other episode she's in she was she was the she was um she was getting like um manhandled by uh, mustang sally right or pushed around yes. by, right she was, by, she yes. was mustang yeah. sally's uh girlfriend in another in season three is another toothpick who ends up like yep. putting who using a golf club to uh fucking bash brian spatafore's head in right. um right. and then bacala's father ultimately kills mustang sally but yeah they brought back tina for some reason i mean she's good she's great she's yeah. good very very jersey like yeah. yeah. um uh-huh and we learn of some scam that her and her dad are doing. What what is it? I don't. I didn't quite follow. I was like, sound like they're cu- cooking the books somehow. Like t- she's like writing like fake invoices. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. Whatever it is, not good because Whatever. ultimately, um, aid 
witnesses her really trying to flirt with Christopher right in front of her, like not a smart move. Um, and she ultimately uses her power with the feds to like sick the feds on, on Tina and her father. And what do you guys, what do you guys think of that move? I, by Adriana? I, I mean, first of all, we're supposed to believe that she's like, I can't get a good guy like Christopher. Like he's got that gray head of hair. Like we're we're just supposed to believe that. Like oh, like she. I mean, I guess maybe she has some sort of envy of aid. Yeah, and that's like where her like attraction to him is coming from. But like, I mean, come on, like come on. Yeah, she yeah. seems going like out she's of her way to hit on trying... to hit on him in front of aid like that. Like yeah. uh, I don't know. Right. Yeah, she seems she seems crazy. But she's also <laughs> obviously attracted to Mustang Sally, so maybe she just is fucking like just she thinks like the most disgusting like dude. She's are... her maid, and she's her maid of honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> person we've never she seen. She doesn't have a better friend than her. Yeah, yeah person we've never seen before. It's a it's just her her uh, yeah. her best her best friend. Slim Pickens uh, for Adriana. Um, it's sad. But the other thing with crazy. Adriana this episode was. Uh, the movie night with the gals over at Casa Soprano. Fucking amazing scenes. Those are amazing <laughs> scenes. Yeah. The fact oh. that they're like trying to like expand their horizons and watch all of the like <laughs> AFI top 100 movies list is so funny. Let's see what Leonard Maltin said. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it's in like Citizen exa- Kane. Exactly, exactly what I was doing when I was like 14, right. 15, 16 <laughs> or something. Right. Right, yeah. Right. The like. The, the like the way they nail like the characters tastes in this is so awesome it's so like awesome how it yeah it is so awesome the like level of middle brow everybody is you know, right. you know? Yeah. and they like they like don't like watching the classic movies but when they get to like you know shitting on people from the neighborhood that's when everybody comes to life <laughs> yeah, like that's exactly. way more fun than right, like yeah. and watching yeah. Casablanca and they just yeah. like would rather be like drinking wine and you know talking <laughs> shit like it's right for sure yeah it's yeah. awesome it's so funny I think their review and, of Citizen Kane was there was the cinematography right and that was it let's talk shit yeah. she doesn't it's there's a funny moment where like Carm tries and and then gives up pr- trying to pronounce Herman Mankiewicz <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Herman J something or something other. or other right. yeah right. great yeah, little yeah. detail and yeah right. and it's obviously yeah. there's you know obviously this is being like written by like you know nerdy film school guys so yeah. like those yeah. little jokes yeah. are so fun and satisfying and also yeah. just the great little moment like when they first like, press play on the movie and and it just stays on that FBI, FBI warning like, for uh for awesome. a little too long and you get that reverse <laughs> on them it's yeah. so great and it's not like yeah. huge it's like yeah. a very small moment yeah right. it was yeah. just like a Amazing. little like those are the little moments where you're just like i love this fucking show but uh yeah the the, the other woman uh who's like not one of the main characters wives that's patsy's wife yeah, that's Donna Parisi. That's that's Patsy's wife, okay. who who okay. is played by a different actress than um, later in the series. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. And yeah. she's like got like an Eastern European accent. I was always like, yeah. I was always like, I'm sorry, who the fuck is this person? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Who is this woman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just through. But so like the second movie night is where shit sort of goes down. Tony has ripped out the fucking home entertainment system. So <laughs> that's, that's out the window. So I guess you know, they just have you know, to talk shit a, now. But. Yeah. Cause you know, like AJ told them like they were, they've been having movie nights and he like flipped out. Right. Like, yeah. oh, what a cocksucker. Right. <laughs> um, but so they end up talking about like puss and Angie Bompensero and, you know, 
uh, how she as his widow is even shunned because of what he did and, and being a rat and everything else. So uh, Adriana starts to feel this overwhelming guilt. There's a moment where her and Rosalie April are talking outside and, you know, she compares uh, Pussy to Judas and, and uh, you know, Adriana has this breakdown and she, she actually says like, I'm not what you think I am. And she runs out. She almost like fucking breaks her neck on the driveway. She falls. She won't let anybody help her. She's off. Um, but my, my question is to you guys, and we've talked about it a little bit in previous episodes, but like, what do you think happens if Adriana like spills her guts to all the wives there? It's very complicated to me because obviously they have stake in their own lives and status quo and they don't want their husbands to go to jail right um but at the same time i don't buy that like carmela would uh be you know uh privy to the murder of adriana and just sit quietly you know because she she fools herself into thinking she's like a good catholic um she's not but like you know she likes to think she is and that how would she square that so what do you guys think you know, you're always like, I feel like in the show, you're always rooting for Carmela to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Carmela and Meadow, I feel like, are the yeah. two characters where you're like, I think they know better. I think yeah. they know better. Like, they have moments of knowing better. They're, like, trapped in this cycle. It's so hard to get out. Like, and you are really rooting for them to, like, put a stop to it, you know? Because right. you're like, they're the, you know, like, AJ's too dumb. He can't yeah. do it, you know? <laughs> um although it would have been great if for some if it, the final episode like aj's does something dumb aj does brings it all down um <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah so you know i think i think and you know like you think like carm really loves um really loves adriana you know mm-hmm. and you i guess i would like to think that in a world where adriana told Karma what was going on you there's a different show of them on the run you know <laughs> of them like you know in protection or something yeah. yeah anyway i like that they're there yeah I, i'm 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 like a big Carmen adriana fan and i like love them and yeah just i i yeah. I, I, I i i like to think the best of them yeah but i know in yeah. the past you guys have expressed you don't think that they you think the wives would have been like fucking killer because right. well, well Rosalie I mean, I, sort of sort of Rosalie's um, that way. Yeah, yeah Rosalie would feel that way, I think. But Rosalie um, almost doesn't have a stake in it anymore because her husband's dead. So like her son is what? dead. Like, I don't know. She's she's still, she's, she's still benefiting like financially off of uh yeah, I suppose, of, ja- yeah. of Jack of Jackie. I'm I sure mean, they're all taking know. care of her. Yeah, um, for yes. sure. Um also the the, but, the uh, point the, the whole point of everything is that um you know these feelings that anyone ever has of leaving the life is futile because eventually like you value the money and the lifestyle too much to throw it away. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, I mean, we see it when, when Carmen, Tony, you know, eventually get back together again, you know, Carm couldn't. And a part of that is like Tony basically made it impossible for her to, but like she, she couldn't, uh, she couldn't live without, um, you know, the comfort that came with, uh, you know, the the financial security of everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and and for the women, um, that is what it is, unless you're, you know, Lady Shylock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't love forget- her. Love her little scene in this with oh her like 
big oh, like so cool. her big like dumb new boyfriend. This is Jason <laughs> Evanino, the love yeah, of my life. Yeah, I've been doing uh, Pilates and gin. She says, <laughs> "Oh yeah, man, no, she's she, like that all of my aunts way too soon. That character. Oh yeah, they she, they she really have been really up by not uh, giving this character a season." Yeah, that's true. I think that I think you're right. Um, yeah, we'll no, we'll get to her. Great. Like, I just want to point out, fucking, I I forget that Janice is present for this, and Janice w- has no scruples when it no, comes to this. Yeah. So, so like awkward. She's taught like when Carmela is like talking about like making sure that she's getting fifty percent of Tony's like assets mm. or whatever. Like, she's just pouring wine. Janice just like pouring wine at the bar. Like she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, Janice um, would have killed her. Janice would have killed her there. I think. Yeah. I like, yeah. Janice has yes. killed. Janice just has shot her on the, the on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably could have been. And then like the husbands would cover it up and be like, "Oh, she escaped to witness protection, right?" Oh, yeah. Or you know, or we hid her so the feds couldn't get to her. But you know, I don't know. Right. They, that's what would happen. I, I think Carmela, for as good as she uh as you hope her to be i think ultimately she just gives into her her uh you know worse impulses and and her comfy life um and then our final rat let's talk about ray curdo um we've known he's the rat since uh early season three so i think i'm pretty sure is he the longest running rat in in the series that like that we know of probably that we know of yes we know of yeah um and and we see him visiting the fbi headquarters he's helping the agents correct some inaudible words from a transcription of a meeting that happened at the (laughs) beginning of season four uh which tells you just how slow the fbi operates with these these cases and shit they're still talking about this tape like he he, he wants to be reimbursed for a fucking shirt that ralph cifaretto spilled coffee on (laughs) and some sit down is the fbi really on the hook for his fucking shirt at the meeting he goes to, like, I don't know, but yeah, how cheap everybody is is so funny in this too. Like <laughs> yeah, how much yeah. everybody wants free stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. They're so like tacky and they live so opulently, but like <laughs> everybody is like pinches pennies in such really funny ways. Yeah, I always <laughs> yeah, think yeah, of uh, Polly Walnuts like cutting coupons, like shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, but yeah, so so Ray Curdo still a rat not very effective just trying to milk them i guess for for all he can new shirts that kind of shit um but let's yeah. talk about tony blundetto making his first appearance oh, um before he even comes i think we get a scene of him uh or is this before he appears on screen tony watching the world war ii documentary and the guy talking about like you know, all your life, uh, you got to remember what one guy did because he thought it was his job to do and he took a shot for you. Yep. Yep. I always thought that was weird because for a first time viewer, you have no context of what that is. And I remember being so confused as to why that was like um, when the first time I watched, actually you, you watched pretty recently, Jordan, like, did, do you recall like seeing that scene being like, what was that about or, or what? Yeah, I mean, there's always the like, there's always like the metatextual Soprano stuff. Right, yeah. I of like, and it's such a fun part of the show, you mm-hmm. know, like to kind of like look up all the stuff to like assume it's all deliberate mm-hmm. and then kind of like do the do the research afterwards about yeah. like, oh, they were, <laughs> you know, you can see a Western for this Gary Cooper movie in the background. <laughs> yeah. And what are they trying to say? You know, yeah. Yeah. it's 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 very fun to like explore the show that way. Yeah. I don't remember this specific one. And if I 
if I if I Have figured out what this it. meant yeah. at all. But like in general, like that kind of shit is like a blast, especially since there's right. now like Sopranos podcasts. Yeah, you know, yeah. dissecting yeah. all this for you. Yes. So like yeah. right. an episode right. of the show, you can kind of like dig for in sure. for five hours afterwards. <laughs> This is true. Yeah. And, and ultimately it's sort of like just outlines the context of their relationship, how, and, and how it is going to play out for the rest of the season. Cause Tony is feeling so guilty for his cousin having gone away on that hijacking, which isn't even mentioned this episode, I don't think, or maybe, it, maybe they mentioned the hijacking. We just know that Tony B. Well, was jail for it's, if you've never watched before, you don't know. Right. But, uh, but, but Tony Blundetto hints at it. Cause he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, he basically like says like, I, well, I'm the one that went away that night, you know, not right. you. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Like so he said it and you can see, and you can see like the guilt kind of like glaze over Tony a little bit. Right. And I really feel like they're, they're purposely trying to contrast the two Tonys and how well our Tony has done and how fucking shitty Tony B has done. You know, obviously he's been in jail this whole time. Daughters. His daughter. Yeah like meadow compared to kelly we get a picture of kelly at uh on uh Gemma's house or whoever whichever um he lives with uh the like emo goth uh daughter who like ran away from home oh, and then when and then at vesuvio when he's like oh my god could this be meadow she's so beautiful and she asks like how's kelly and it's just this awkward moment you know we have tony that's a run that, that's a running thing in the show that like when someone's parent disappears, uh, they just get goth, you know, that happens with Vito's kid too. Like, Oh yeah. 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 When your yeah. parent disappears, you just, yeah, you just get real goth. Yeah. That's how it happens. Yeah. I wonder if she, yeah, I guess so. She stepped in any shit in her high school shower, like, like little V, but, uh, yeah. no. So, but the weird thing is, uh, both Tonys are living in their mother's house, uh, at this point in the series. <laughs> um, right. So they do have some similarities. Uh, we get the welcome home surprise party of Vesuvio's, you know, Tony B's busting Artie's balls for being bald, um, which I personally took offense to. Um, Tony and <laughs> Artie still on the outs uh, from last season when Artie tried to kill himself. Um, and we get this whole story of Tony Uncle Johnny, Tony Uncle Al. What'd you guys think of this scene? Because obviously they're doing, the writers are doing some like, okay, we're trying to like retrofit Tony B into the series. How do you think they, how do you think they did? Yeah. Um, okay. Go, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, go sorry. Ahead, go, go ahead. Joe. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I thought it was, uh, I think it's more interesting that scene is that he, he's like sort of stumbling. Yeah. Like um, rambling in that yeah. speech and rambling and talking about these people who died. <laughs> um, I, 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 watching it, like it, just seems like a thing that someone would do at a function yeah, like that yeah, yeah. like i don't know i was just like more focused on that um and why they did that i don't I, I i don't know i guess just the feel of that whole situation was awkward like the awkward like you know meeting the family and all that stuff right um yeah i mean uh, fucking little definitely a definitely a really I, I feel pretty relatable story in terms of like how they grew up and uh, you know how he fits in with the family right yeah um yeah yeah for sure i feel like it was like a little nod to the viewers when they had a uh, little bacala be like how come we never even heard of you <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. so yeah. but i you know there's a lot of people in 
our pasts who we don't talk about every day. So it was, I, I think they did a good job of like making it believable that this was the person who was important to Tony back in the day, but who we may have not realistically heard about earlier in the series, right? Well, you don't, well, you yeah. don't they don't talk about people who are in prison. I mean, yeah. that's like kind of like Paulie, that happens to Paulie in the prior season. Oh yeah, and he wasn't even yeah, in that you're, like, you're forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just kind of forgotten yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so from Vesuvio, they move on to a party at the Bing. Um, Tony notices Feech greeting Tony B with an envelope of cash. Um, and he sort of looks a little concerned. What do you think Tony's concern is at this point? Because Feech isn't really like, hasn't really become a pain in his ass yet. But Tony definitely is like, what's going on here? Well, I think part of it is that he's, you know, he values being able to go to juniors to talk shop. And he probably feels like he can't fully do that anymore. Like every time he goes to juniors now, fucking features there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess for the last two episodes, that's been true. Um, <clears throat> but I think fucking just picking dandelions out of a random fucking lot and like making a salad out of them. Okay, disgusting. Yeah. People are always it's feeding disgusting. Junior gross shit. <laughs> like yeah, Furio's yeah. dad's wine. He's like tastes like people's feet. um but as we know like it almost seems like they were setting up uh feach and tony b to be the primary like the duo antagonists for like the the season um but ultimately we know what happens to feach he he his his run on the show is cut short um but it seems like they were sort of planting that for viewers for viewers expectations maybe they were doing that purposefully to like you know pull the rug out from under us a little bit um, but, uh, yeah. but so the next, so at, at, in that scene, we get the mm, boy, are you fat, <laughs> which was not funny and just awkward for everybody. But, you know, I guess yeah. if you can do well, original Van estab- Gleason impression, Hey, we've, good for you. we've established that he's the voices guy, you know, he's the, mean, voices, he does yeah. the voices. Um, and over breakfast the next day, again, at a diner, Tony, uh, Tony B explains he wants to become a licensed massage therapist. Um, do you guys remember thinking like where you thought this story was going at this point? I I uh, I love in the Sopranos stories of people trying to get out. I think they're always great. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I love it. I was like so so excited that that's kind of where it was going. These are yeah. I think these are always like fun fun stories for the show. Is like you know people who have to various degrees gotten out or gotten pulled back in it's it's awesome yeah there's a and there's a few of them i just remember when they were like airing promos for the season you know there was that that um that like short little soundbite of like busami going uh, you're crowding me you're crowding me yeah and like yeah like this is like you know he's gonna come in he's gonna be the new richie april he's gonna like be a badass and all of a sudden, he's giving Vito a massage in the back of Satrials. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so this was this came a little bit of a surprise. I guess the whole, you know, I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. That that sort of thing is is sort of a trope in mafia stories. But um, but I think it's well executed over the course of the season here. Um, and yeah, of course, we get that scene where Tony pulls him outside Satrials and is like, you don't make fun of me, uh, which seemed yeah. like over the top childish, even for Tony at this point. But, you know, that's that's what well, their kids yeah. from childhood. I mean, yeah. you know, they're their friends, you know, 
they're, they're brothers. That so is it, the, it, the state of their emotional uh, well-being where, you know, he's taking offense to that kind, of, that kind of shit. Although, I mean, do you guys see his reasoning for like, you can't make fun of me in front of the guys? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, you know, definitely. You know, like uh, he just doesn't feel that. He doesn't, you know, right. It's not like what they're used but, to. Right? But I yeah. do, but knowing Tony, it, it is more based in uh, them like going way back and Tony like having a fragile ego than I think it is more so like a business situation for him. You know, he, he's disguising yeah. it as a business situation. And I think it's maybe like 10 or 20%, yeah. you know, not wanting to be embarrassed in front of the guys because he's the boss, but it's mostly just, he just doesn't want to be embarrassed by a guy who he respects. Right. He doesn't like yeah. uh, acknowledging that he's progressively grown fatter over the course of. <laughs> yeah. It's like when yeah. I call you bald all the time, Gully, it's in front of people and you always take me aside and you're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Not in front of the other podcast. I'm the boss of this podcast. <laughs> boss of the po- Without yeah, me, yeah. there's no podcast. You don't make fun of me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah, and then you call, yeah, and then you call me on your Motorola like late at night, <laughs> right. and you're like, you two way right. me, and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing right now? Never vicious, it's the vicious cycle that you two are trapped in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, it works. I'm in my mom's basement, and it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so great, right? Uh, right. Yeah. So the other thing in this app, let's talk about um, the the heating up of the of the New York War. Like the Civil War, I guess. Um, we we have we get this scene at Juniors. We talk about Feech being there, giving the dandelions. Um, we we get a little bit of Junior starting to lose it. We first saw it in last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when he was going over to his neighbor's house for ice cream or whatever, trying to get ice cream. We thought but he we was. We didn't trying know to, if that was an act or not. Yeah, but you know there was that moment where it's like, wasn't an act, and now we're starting to go down that path, like in a way because he calls. You know, he says, make my nephew an egg a couple times and he calls him Tony Egg. Yeah. You know, you and Tony, Tony egg. egg again, um, which, by the way, I'll point out, we've discussed it in past episodes, eggs being, instead of oranges, like in the Godfather trilogy, eggs being the, you know, the foreshadowing of, of doom in The Sopranos. This is, oh, this is quite an obvious I don't think case. I've heard that. I don't think I've heard that. That's, uh, that's yes. fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing. Last episode, even, um, Carmine Sr. Easter choked on the egg eggs, salad. Very literal. Hey, Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Car, car, <laughs> yeah. Get that egg salad out of his mouth when he's having the seizure. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, it's an egg thing for whatever sure, reason. Chicken or the egg. Death, hey. rebirth, cycle. <laughs> wow. Shit. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so deep. Oh, Chase man. is a genius. Yeah. So deep. <laughs> um, uh, also, little tidbit. Uh, hey, what about that time uh, you and Tony B took the camera in the bathroom at your sister Barbara's confirmation? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What was yeah. that? I was gonna say I love it when you get the fragment of something in this show. There's something. There's some, there's a there's a really funny moment uh, kind of later where like Christopher comes up to him and he's like, "Is this about the shit with the Easter baskets?" And you never learn what it is. <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorites, man. Yeah, I love that. That's like a great a great line. He's like, "I don't know what that is. I don't want to know what that is." um but yeah but he but he but he brings that shit up and like the look on tony's face he seems so pleased with himself i'm like oh my god what was that he looks so happy he's like oh man i haven't i haven't heard that story about whatever scummy thing we fucking did trying to like i mean it's your sister's confirmation you're trying to get like video (laughs) footage of your aunt's pissing or something like what's what's going on here uh scumbags (laughs) yeah yeah scumbags scumbags even back then uh but so this is the scene where bobby gets the call that carmen carmine senior dies 
um, from, from the stroke in the last episode. You know, he's like, he's a great man. He invented point shaving, invented point uh, shaving, which I don't even understand what point shaving is, but yeah, I don't really either. I thought that was for I'm like, yeah, it's some mafia thing. Sounds great. Yeah. I can explain, I can explain well, it on my gambling podcast. We'll do a gambling episode. app when we get to chasing it. That fucking dog <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Episode. yeah, yeah. Um, and talk about all the money I uh, hey, that, win in gambling. Mm, win, win. Yeah, yeah. Win, that, was, win. that was another Matthew Weiner episode, <laughs> chasing it. He's he's got these uh, gambling. Yeah, nice. um, Interesting. So we we go to Carmine's funeral. Johnny shows up. He's all smiles at the funeral. Couldn't have uh, played it a little a little more subtle, uh, but uh, he's telling jokes. And yes, we get to Lady Shylock here, Lorraine Coluzzo. Um short-lived character. Very cool to have uh, a female capo. Um, yes. How about this humidity? how about this humidity uh oh yeah yeah so this character was actually i read in response uh, modeled after a tv critic who complained about season four not having enough whackings in it Mm. and so they wrote uh lorraine caluzzo to be her and then ultimately they whacked her just for just to get whacked a little (laughs) comeuppance yeah um because that's how tv critic wasn't was it was was the TV critical woman? Yeah, she was a woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, and, but yeah, her, she also, yeah. Her, her, her name was Carol Laruzzo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she also had auditioned for the show, um, and she didn't get it. And then subsequently wrote like the critique of season four, like, ah, oh, it wasn't good. Oh, so she was, she was like, like, oh, wow. well, the TV, yeah. a TV critic, and an sour grapes. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Maybe yeah. a conflict of interest there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what yeah, publication yeah, yeah. let her do that, but. <laughs> um but so i'm sorry new york times i have to go for this audition the the new progressive commercial is creatively bankrupt because (laughs) when i went in to read for (laughs) saucy waiter (laughs) Um, they told me bigger bigger and i went bigger sorry (laughs) yeah i wonder if she's still writing today yeah but um so little Carmine takes offense when he realizes that uh, somebody had placed some Opus Dei rosary beads in his father's co- coffin, which I don't, uh, so I, I guess it's like a territorial thing. Like, like he was offended that Johnny or, or Ginny Sack had felt the right to like, I don't know, put something in Carmine Sr.'s hands in the coffin. Like, what did you guys read about this little little dispute? Yeah, I don't really, I don't know I, what Opus, Opus Day is. I don't know. I what always, really is. well, he calls it like, uh, like New Jersey housewife fundamentalist shit. Right. I, I always felt like it was, it was not Ginny. Maybe like I, I believe that that she, that was her, her bag. But like, I always felt like it was just another way of Johnny Sack trying to like put his foot down to Carmine Jr. Like, right fuck you yeah i'm yeah. the boss of the family we'll do we'll bury your father however i want to bury him yeah i guess yeah. that's that's the beginning no. of the territory dispute which yeah something fickle yeah. like that is is quintessential I think sopranos. It, it, it's absolutely on purpose as a power move right right yeah um and yeah from here this is where that dispute sort of takes off and and goes for the rest of the season but that's pretty much the episode. Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Any uh, any lines that stuck with you? Any moments? 
Great moment is always just uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Sack smoking a cigarette on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, love that. <laughs> with, uh, with like no. Uh, that is the no most barrier. disgusting. Fucking. Oh. You know how we do when we when we bros go to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A little uh, dump in a smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little dumble, smoke, chat. You know, do a little business. That was at the bing, uh, right? Yeah, it's at the, the bang. Yeah. yeah, probably the yeah. filthiest uh, fucking bathroom in the disgusting. entire world. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How many strippers oh. have died in that bathroom? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Rather not think about it. Uh, I do always love the line that the guy like comes to pay his respects at Carmine's um, funeral. <laughs> He's shaking Carmine Jr.'s hand and he goes, "Your father meant a lot to all of us, and not just financial either." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. beautiful. He had, to, he had to say that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I had to point that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that to the next funeral I go to. Just uh, <laughs> it wasn't just the money that I cared about. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, then let's move into yeah, fucking internet. Fucking internet. Let's do it. Fucking cool. internet. Fucking internet. Uh, Jordan, this is the part of the show where we take um, questions and comments from around the internet, mostly just Reddit about the episode, <laughs> and, and and see if we can answer. Uh, what people are talking about. Um, this one from user MJ Proximo. Season five, episode two, Adriana and Valentina at the same di- dinner. In this episode, Rat Pack, when Adriana is asked by her FBI handler if she knew a Joey Kogo, Aid says she met him the previous week while she and Chrissy were out to dinner with Tony and Valentina. Aid is pretty much one of the wives and is super close with Carmela. How is this okay that she would be at the same dinner while Tony has his guma with him. Did you guys ever pick up on that? I never did, but I mean, I guess if we're thinking through it, because uh, they're separated, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because they're separated, but still wouldn't, wouldn't aid like run back right. to Carmela and like, it seems like something that Tony would not want Carmela to know and going to dinner with them means Carmela would definitely know. Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, Maybe Tony wants her to tell her to make her feel jealous. Yeah. But also, she Aid is one of the wives, but she also isn't. And I think we we see that in this episode too. Right. Like she's like, right. you know, she's not as deep into the suburban wifedom as the rest of them are. Right. Know? She also says, "Me and Chrissy were having dinner with Tony and his friend Valentina." So I'm I'm wondering if Aid was dumb enough to actually think that was just Tony's friend. <laughs> but uh, possible. Yeah. Possible. Poor aid. Poor aid. Hey, this is just my business associate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this next uh, one. She's, she, she's getting me into a lot of modern art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one from user Sin, Simami. Simomi? Don't know. Don't care. Rat Pack. Patsy. In that episode, oh, cool. Patsy mentions that he went to collect from his cop in Fairfield. Shouldn't that be the other way around? Why would a cop pay the mob? The mob are the ones who should be bribing the cops, aren't they? He was gambling. He's probably <laughs> fucking gambling. What, what? Huh? Yeah. Simple. How do you think these yeah, guys get on the that makes sense take to me. in the first place? These guys get on the take in the first place because they're either probably like right. gamblers or fucking get caught in some shit or, you know, I mean, come on. Hey, uh, a guy just owed him money or something somehow. Yeah. 
Yeah, he paid. He paid at dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. Venmo was not a thing yet. I <laughs> wouldn't even use it if it was. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was disrespectful that you like didn't care that you mispronounced their Reddit handle, but now I'm happy. You yeah. Did. Did for yeah. Hey, Simomi or Simami? <laughs> Man, uh, my dumb internet Simomi. name. <laughs> Thumb cops are bad. Uh, hate to break it to you, but anyway, yeah. this one from user Squire Josh. See, that one's easy. Uh, was Tony more upset that Mazarone flipped or that he didn't have a new friend? He goes out of his way to tell people that Jack isn't so bad and he enjoyed hanging out with him. Then he gets defensive about the Rat Pack painting that Jack gave him. He seemed more upset that Jack wasn't really his new best friend than the fact that he had flipped. What do you guys think? I mean, I think there's a there's a sense in this episode that like, it's all falling apart, you know, mm -hmm. like, or it's beginning to fall apart, you know, like, and Tony's just like trying to create control. I mean, that's the great scene where he's like trying to find a place for the painting. Nothing mm -hmm. fits. He's knocking everything over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, and I think that's, that's part of the reason why he's so shitty to Bashimi. It's like, he feels like he's losing control. He's leaving right. the family. He's going right. straight. So yeah. I mean, I think, I think that this, like the whole, everything in the episode is just like kind of about, you know, like Tony, seeing the cracks and like trying to repair them kind of frantically yeah um yeah 100 percent um yep. Yep. And, and you know when tony says like can't somebody just be a nice fucking guy anymore or whatever whatever he says like no yeah, because yeah. look at the world you fucking built for yourself you maniac like of course yeah, like right. this this kind of shit is gonna happen you're 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 not you are not cut out for true friendship in his life despite what you may think um but but yeah, I think he was disappointed that uh, that he wasn't gifted a painting out of just friendship, but not as much as he was disappointed to find out that Masserone had flipped and was ratting on him because that's his yeah. entire fucking life as opposed to like one friendship. But but yeah, um, this next one from Giants eight eight eight. Oh no, we already talked about this. The most disgusting scene in the entire show. <laughs> Johnny Sack taking a dump right in the open in the big bathroom. How fucking gross I tell you, was that? A, that toilet room. Fucking, you yeah. know, I got the mind of the internet. You know, I got, I am on the pulse of uh, what That's people right. are thinking yeah. about. Uh, and this last one from user designer business. Ooh, flashy. Ooh, uh, I don't think this is a popular theory, but I still think there's a real possibility Chris was a rat. I'm watching the season five episode to Rat Pack when Jack Massarone is wearing that hat with the wire in the button. Chase is too detail oriented to just have Chris wearing a hat for the first time since season one for no reason. Remember, this came one episode after Chris killed JT and was talking specifically about one phone call and it's over. The whole fucking castle comes down and likens himself to Gravano. What do you guys think? Was Chris in that scene where Chris uh, where Chris dies in the car crash with Tony and Tony holds his nose? He was wearing a hat. Do you think that lends credence to the theory that Chris is a rat? Oh my god, Golius, <laughs> you you picked this question to put on the fucking podcast. Dude, to be honest, there was this wasn't this wasn't the only one. There was like multiple ones along this line for this episode. So oh, I felt like I, I had guess to. when when a show's been off the air for fifteen years, you just. Uh, the, the great takes just pile up <laughs> you just keep you just keep thinking of like what it could be with right, every yeah. fucking 10 three watch that you go right. on. this is reminding right. me of all the like wandavision shit that went down 
<laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. like nitpicking and like there's like Carmela was a rat Carmela killed tony in the end like all this shit we're overthinking it guys i mean i think the reason they they had chris in the cleaver hat in that final scene uh was sort of to mirror the first scene that we ever saw chris in when he was driving tony in the pilot he was like he was What's wearing that? a hat in the driver's seat and just to sort of mirror that i guess sort of bookends um i don't believe he had a mic uh in in his hat um no. what would he and have gone on to like, be a rat maybe he was back maybe. On, on on drugs uh, as we know um but in that moment he most likely was not so yeah come yeah. on come on yeah and that's all i got for fucking internet oh good stuff good stuff uh cool, cool. Jordan, thank you for joining us. This was a pleasure. Thank you for man. having me. This is so fun. Uh, yeah, I love love talking of Sopranos. Course, of course. Uh, where can our listeners find your stuff? Uh, yeah, I have a uh, graphic novel coming out on July 13th oh, that I would love hey. to uh, let people know about. It is called Bubble. It is a sci-fi comedy. I co-wrote it with a great comedy writer, Sarah Morgan. Uh, a great artist named Tony Cliff uh, did the art in the adaptation. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a near future world where people are part of this kind of life and death gig economy. And we all live in bubble cities uh, and there's monsters and gore and a lot of sex jokes. And uh, it was super fun to do. Uh, yeah, it's it. called Bubble. Uh, and you can, uh, if, if it's, if this is coming out uh, after July 13th, uh, you can grab it at a store. If it's before July 13th, uh, you can give it a pre-order. That's really like helpful for books. So uh, if it sounds cool to you, uh, give it a little check out and uh, yeah, call your local indie bookstore, tell them to pre-order it for you. That's awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Check nice. that out. Good awesome. stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, great. And uh, as always, listeners, uh, you can hit us up at osopranospod at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, things you like, things you don't like, things you want us to discuss on the pod. Give us a follow on the socials at osopranospod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up there as well. And yeah, let us know um, if you have any other hat ideas about the show. Please. Please. Hashtag it hat I'm theories all... online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give us some hat theories. Actually, we uh... should do a wildest theories episode. Because we did like a hot takes, but we should do like a like a wild yeah, theory. Yeah. Uh sure. Yeah. Send us your uh, wildest <laughs> fucking stupid wild dumb wild theories. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> until next week. Oh, 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 oh. 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 <laughs>